You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Alex Cartes discusses why the birth of Jesus gave the world the gift of life. It's about the first gift, the most important gift of all, the gift of Christmas. We celebrate Christmas every year in many nations, but the most important person is not at the center. It's us, the little kids, the presents, but not the one who was sent here 2,000 years ago to give his life for us. And I think the uh, intro, it would say that he is the gift of love, of life, of peace, and hope. So this is a series. Last week, the preacher here talked about the gift of love. So today, we are going to talk about Jesus being the gift of life. And we are going to go to probably the same passage that was read last week. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So today we are going to concentrate on the last word, as I said, life. Human beings, we have a love-hate relationship with life. We complain about life. Oh, the suffering and all of these things about life that are terrible. But we love life. We don't want to die. You see, ancient Chinese and European alchemists, they were looking for an elixir of life. They wanted to live longer. They wanted to have a perpetual life, let's say. We read in uh, Mary Shelley's book that there was this doctor called Dr. Frankenstein who tried to pursue the dream by reanimating what? Bodily parts of the dead. And we know the story of the monster of Dr. Frankenstein. But today, millions of people, they try to live longer. So what do we do for that? Diet, exercise, regimes. We try to postpone death for as long as we can. And even some people go even further. What they do? They ask when they die for people to froze their cadavers, their corpses, until technology develops to a point where they can be resuscitated again. But what is life? Is life the span between your birth and your death? Or is it more than that? Will it be possible that us human beings believe that we are alive when in reality we are dead? So what is truly life? Jesus was talking to his disciples. Thomas asked some questions. And then Jesus gave him a very good answer. In John 14, 6, he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except 
through me. Some time ago, I talked about Jesus being the way. He was very direct. A lot of people hate Christians because they say that we are arrogant when we say Jesus is the way. But they love Jesus. They think, oh, he was a good master, teacher, because that's the way they see it. But this is not our claim. It's his claim. He said, I am the way. And I'm not going to go there. He says, I am the truth. I'm not going to go there. But he says, I am the life, the true life. So what does Jesus is the life mean for us? Let's see. I'm just going to leave it there. We're going to answer that at the end. In the book of John, we see the word life so many times, about 36 times. And it's the word Greek, Zoe, like the name. It appears over and over and over again in the book. In the first chapter of John, he tells us something wonderful, something mysterious. John 1, verse 1 to 4 says, In the beginning was the word. Logos was that word in Greek. And you know, before I go into this, the Greeks, they tried to search for a meaning to life. And they tried to look for the ultimate reality. What was it? And they ended up calling that reality the Logos. It was the source of everything. And John, he is trying to tell the Gentile world that that Logos is Jesus. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him, in the Word, in Jesus the creator of the universe, who was with God and who was God, was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. You see, John is telling us here that in the beginning, before there was anything else but God, there was life. And this is very important because it's telling us two things that are very important. It's, it tells us that ultimate reality is personal. It's a living person thinking and feeling for eternity. But it also tells us something else, that physical matter did not give rise to life. Life gave rise to physical matter and life as well. But you see, the atheist has got everything the other way around. It's not this way. They said that everything started on this planet from inanimate matter and energy. And then, after billions and billions of years with no creator, no intelligence, no design, no purpose, life emerges. And also personality. But that's wrong. Because only personality births personality. You are a person because God is a person. Jesus said, you live because I live. 
in him was life. And out of the breath of God, we became living creatures. In Eden, we were perfect. In Eden, we were radiant. We were full of life. We were beautiful. We were complete. Until the day we stopped listening to God and started turning our ears to a lie. And then what happened? We extended the hand and grabbed the fruit. And in doing so, something in us, inside of us, died that day. And we became people under judgment. The Bible tells us that God expelled Adam and Eve from Eden. So what happened? Everything became darkness. Death surrounded us and we became separated from the glory of God. In Eden, we had the glory of God in us, on us, inside of us. Man was glorious, so glorious that he could walk naked and they didn't even notice that they were naked because they were covered by the glory of God. So became separated from God. That's what Paul tells us in Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And mankind tried and tried and tried to get close to God, but they couldn't. Because we were separated from God. In the eyes of God, we were dead. But our loving Heavenly Father, and that's why we, are, we have to think about this, especially this time of the year, this Christmas in particular. Our Heavenly Father didn't leave us there because He sent His only Son to rescue us, to bring us back to life, to give us His life, to give us eternal life. And that's wonderful. So in him, in Jesus, God walking on earth was life. But when we think of life, what we think? We think of a little life. You know, there is a, a song. How many of you know Jamiroquai? There is a song called Little L. And he talks about, oh, you love me with a little L. Okay? Instead of loving me with a big L. Well, in this case, the life of Jesus wasn't a life with a little L. That's the way we think of life. But his life was different. That life was something vibrant, energetic, something that people hadn't seen before. So whatever was in Jesus, they, people recognized that there was something special about him, something totally different, to the point that they dropped everything they were doing to follow him. Have you done that? Many of us. How many Christians are here? Are we all Christians? I want you to raise your hands. How many Christians? Do you remember the day when he came into your heart and you decided to follow him and drop everything behind? Why was that? Because we saw in him something totally different. That is eternal life, 
something that the world cannot see because they are blind. John also tells us that the life that was in Christ was the light of men. And that life, that life, that life story was light. It was illuminating people, their sins, everything they didn't see before they started seeing it. When the love of God came to us, he came with a light as well to show us our sin, to show us who we were, and to see him for who he is, to come to him, to his feet, and say, forgive me. I've been dead. I've been dead in my trespasses and sins. But now you are offering me life. I want to have that life. But are you living that life? Jesus said that he is the light of the world. But he also said that we are the light of the world. So how is that possible? This is only possible if he lives inside of us. And you know what? He does. I want you to believe that he does live inside of you. So we have to be light in this world. We were blind because of darkness, but now we see. We were dead in our sins, but through his death and resurrection, we are alive again. And that is what baptism represents for those who were witness to those people being baptized or the people going even to the water. It's like that. We were buried with Christ and we were resurrected with him to a new life. You know, you are not under judgment. Because the judgment was on Jesus. He took our place. He gave his life so we can have life. John 5.24 says, Jesus telling his disciples, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. You are alive. You are alive. Look around you. Look to this world. Many people work, walk around here in our world. They think they are alive, but they are not. What is life? For some people, it's like, oh, enjoy life. Let's drink and get wasted. And the following day, they don't even remember what they did. Is that life? Oh, let's spend our money and enjoy this. But Pastor Joe has been preaching so often about Spending our money in things, but we are never satisfied. Why? Because we are trying to put things in place of Jesus. He is the true life. If we have the Son, we have life. You see, eternal life, sometimes we equate eternal life with the life we are going to have after. After we die. But that is only one part. Because people who don't believe in God, they will live after too. Every living person, whether I believe it or not, has an eternal existence. 
But the difference is that the Bible talks about eternal life. And this is a promise for the Christian, for the believer. It's not, you know, the fact of being alive or even being in heaven. According to Jesus, is knowing God and Christ whom he sent. It's knowing that's eternal life. It's knowing God and who he sent. John 17, 3, when Jesus is praying, he says that to the Father. He uses the word know, to know God there, not gnosis, which is knowledge in Greek. He uses the word ginosko. The word gnosis is knowledge from the point of view of an intellectual point of view, let's say. But ginosko, the word used there by Christ is intimacy in, of the relationship between husband and wife. Closeness. That's the way we are with God if we have eternal life. This is a short message. It's not a long one. So I'm just going to start concluding now. In him, there is life. In Jesus, there is life. Jesus Christ, the creator, provides physical life. Jesus Christ, the redeemer, provides spiritual life. Jesus Christ, the savior, provides eternal life. And 1 John 5, 11, 12 says, God gave us eternal life and this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son does not have life. Jesus said to his disciple and he's saying it to you today, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So what does Jesus is alive mean to all of us this Christmas? It means that in receiving this amazing gift from God, his son, we can start living life from now on in a way that we haven't lived before the way he intended for us to live. And we have life in this way. We can come now with confidence to the throne of grace. We can approach God because of what Jesus did on the cross when he gave his life for us. And in coming so, you know, we can come with confidence. We get close to God by faith. And in being close to him, we can hear him better. We can listen to him better. We can have intimacy with him. And he can show himself more to us every day. And that is a beautiful thing to do. Coming close to Christ. Coming close to the source of life. I want you to be today more alive than ever. Don't go around like thinking, uh, you know, I'm nothing. You are special because the life who created you initially came to recreate you again and make you a new creation. That's everlasting life. That's a gift that the world doesn't have, 
But if you have the Son, you have life. But if someone here doesn't have the Son, I just want you to consider this. You need to come back to life. And I want you to consider this Christ who came 2,000 years ago in a humble manger who grew up to show the world that he is the word of God, that he is the giver of life, and who went to a cross to die for our sins. And in his death and resurrection, we find now eternal life. And living this life is worth willing. So I just want you, when you leave this place, to go home happy. Start thinking about this. How wonderful is to be loved by this God who sent his son and to have this life that many people would like to have. So it doesn't matter if you don't have one cent in your pocket, if you don't have a lot of money in the bank, it doesn't matter if you don't have the best job. It doesn't matter if you are doing something that you never thought you were going to do that's probably below what you think you were going to do. You are a child of God and you have eternal life and that should be enough because you have this connection with him. And if you enjoy eternal life from now on, imagine how it's going to be when we are after the death, when we see him, when we are with him in his presence forever. It's going to be wonderful. Start living eternal life now. Jesus, you are our everything. We have enough in you, more than enough. We have love, we have life, we have peace, we have hope. Thank you for coming to give your life for us. Thank you for giving us new life, eternal life, so that we can enjoy your presence on this earth. And we know that one day we're going to enjoy it forever in the presence of all the signs from all times that are going to be reunited with you. That day, we are looking at that day with hope. But right now, Help us live this life in here, on this earth, with smile on our faces, radiant, shining, showing that you live inside of us. Thank you again for all my brothers here, for what you've done for them as well. And if someone is here today that doesn't know you, this might be the opportunity for that person to say, Jesus, I want that life. I want you in my heart. I want to give myself to you because I've been looking for life in other places, in the wrong places. But you are the one that can give me the life I'm seeking. And you are God. Thank you, God, for what you've done for us sending your son. And we want to spend this Christmas thinking more and more about you and not about other things that surround us. Thank you again, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 
You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at encanberra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra.